And we're back on All Access with State Theater New Jersey. I'm your host, Kelly Blythe. And coming up on Saturday, March 21st, 7 p.m., is Golden Oldie Spectacular. We are so excited. It's a phenomenal lineup featuring Jay and the Americans, B.J. Thomas, Lou Christie, Dennis Stefano, former lead singer of the Buckinghams, and 1910 Fruit Gum Company. You can get your tickets at stnj.org. And with us today is one of those acts, B.J. Thomas. Welcome, B.J. Hello, Kelly. How are you? Good. So exciting to have you on All Access. Thank you so much. <laughs> Golden Oldie Spectacular you. is a just people look forward to this every year. Do you look forward to this every time we're you're here at the State Theater in New, in New Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I do because I've worked with all these guys, uh, you know, since I did that first Dick Clark tour uh, in 66 and worked with uh, Lou Christie. Uh, and I've worked with all these guys. Of course, I've admired uh, Jay and the Americans ever since you know I start. I, we started our band, and so I'm uh, 1910 Food Company. And really, I mean, uh, I love I love all these guys, and and looking forward to the show. Yeah, we're looking forward to it too. Uh, so uh, you know, it's just so exciting that. That the you know the I feel like this is a multiple concerts in one. That's what I always tell people, right? Because it's <laughs> it's like you know you're you're it's it's you it's Lou Christie and you each it's like one you you put on a full almost a full it feels like a full concert and so it's so exciting um, for you you know uh, from the from the when you first started out to now uh, did you think that you'd still be putting on these full concerts and going out on tour and, and doing all this was this what you you dreamed up since you were a little kid? Well, you know, I I really never thought of uh, having a, a musical career until uh, just uh, one day my brother took me. Uh, he had some friends that were starting a band. They were all my age, and he took me over uh, because I could sing a little bit, and I, I wasn't all that anxious to uh, to do it. But he convinced me to, to go, and then that resulted in... And uh, the four of us starting a band, and uh, you know, I never had uh, any thoughts about how long I would do it or or whatever. Just uh, you know, I pretty much just stayed in the moment and enjoyed myself. Of course, when I first started, uh, you know, we didn't play nightclubs because we were so we were so young. But we <laughs> worked the big dance halls out in the boondocks, and uh, you know. It was just, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was just like, like partying, you know. So, um, and that's the kind of way I looked at it. And of course, I thought about the longevity, the, the older I've gotten. And, uh, and so I really appreciate that now. And, uh, and I'm glad to see that most of the guys that I started with are still there. So, uh, <laughs> hey, you know, who knew? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, and your career, I mean, uh, two Dove Awards. Right, gospel, uh, fifteen pop hits, uh, ten top forty country hits, and seventy million albums sold. So, for not being sure where you were going with this, that's a pretty awesome career. Well, you know, it turned out pretty good. I, I got very lucky. Um, uh, I happened to, you know, some of my friends that I that I've known since I was, you know, fourteen, fifteen years old became great songwriters. And uh, you know, so I've been very fortunate in that in that sense that I have worked with some of the great writers and composers of uh, of my time, really. Uh, you know, Burt Bacharach and Hal David, and 
Mark James and Barry Mann and Cynthia Weil, and so I've, I've been very fortunate in that I've worked with some of the great writers and been lucky enough to have their material. Indeed, and of course the uh, the famous Burt Bacharach, Hal David song, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head, which classic, uh, uh, of course also featured in the hit movie Butch, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I mean, that yeah. song has, uh, that's that just continues. I still hear that song, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, and it's like, um, it's just something, and I think... It's one of those songs that you just everyone can like relate to, right? It's just, it's just, it's catchy. Well, yeah, I, th- I think so. I think uh, you know, it is a, a very how David always wrote very simple uh, lyrics, but they were always uh, very meaningful. And of course, "Raindrops" has a simple lyric and and kind of a different quirky little uh, melody that uh, th- th- those kinds of melodies that uh, Burt Bacharach would always write. And it's, of course, it's kind of truism. I mean, we don't, even if the rain is falling on us, as long as we're free, we're we're okay, you know. So uh, it's just got a great feeling to it. And uh, everyone, uh, you know, kind of hopes that they will have that signature song and that one song that people will always remember and blah, blah. And I've been uh, very fortunate to have, have raindrops, and, uh, and um, I've appreciated it greatly. Yeah, so take us back when uh, you know you were you were first hitting the charts. Uh, was that a shock? Uh, and what was the song that you first hit the charts with? Uh, well, my my first hit record uh, came out in '65 and was a became a million seller in '66. It was a song uh, uh, I had always idolized Hank Williams, and my dad loved country music, and he loved Hank Williams and all those old those great old. Uh, Country singers uh, from my from my childhood, and so I'm so lonesome I could cry was a song uh, was a song actually that came out on Hank after he uh, after he had passed away. But I, all my life I've uh, looked up to Hank Williams and I, uh, idolized him and uh, loved his music and the, just the feeling of it. And uh, and uh, so I was very fortunate there to have that. That was my first hit record, and I all idolized all the. You know, I, I think our music was uh, probably the best of all time from the 60s, 70s, and 50s. And, uh, you know, the black, the, the, the African-American entertainers and singers were doing it better than anyone. So I had, I, I had kind of inadvertently become a friend of Bobby Blue Bland's, and, and I admired all those guys, and uh, he had an influence on the way I on the way I sang, and uh, he mentored me a little bit, and uh, so I always admired those guys, and I kind of put the put a little R and B feeling into uh, uh, into I'm so lonesome, and maybe that's why it became became a hit because there's nothing like it. Right. It was out, and it was right in the middle of Motown and Stax, sure. and uh, you know the Beatles and all that. So uh, that was another just a great uh, great thing that's happened to me, and I've been very very lucky in my in my career. Yeah, and of course, uh, you went on for uh, to uh, gain mainstream success with "Hooked on a Feeling." Yeah, I cut "Hooked on a Feeling" in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. It was a uh, my buddy called me, uh, uh, one of my best friends, a guy named Mark James, who's a great songwriter. He wrote to the eyes of a New York woman and "Hooked on a Feeling" for me. He wrote "Suspicious Minds," the uh, Elvis's big comeback song, and he was uh, wrote uh, "You Were Always on My Mind." He was one of the great writers of all time. And he called me uh, and said, hey, man, what are you doing? I said, well, nothing. You know, I'm, I was just traveling uh, virtually every day back, back at the beginning of my career. And he said, man, why don't you come up to Memphis? He said, they, uh, 
uh, I was living in Houston at, at that time, and he said, come up to Memphis. They got, you know, there's a bunch of songwriters up here, and they're cutting hit records on everyone. And uh, so that was uh, that was all I needed. My brother Jerry and I moved up to Memphis, and uh, uh, one of the first things I recorded was Hooked on a Feeling. Reggie Young played the electric uh, sitar. Chips Moman was my producer at American Studio with the American Studio Group, and uh, that probably is uh, the, the most popular song I've, I've ever. Everybody always remembers Raindrops, but they seem to always. Uh, uh, love hearing uh, hooked more more than anything. Yeah, and I guess, and it's also it's had a resurgence through the years too, right? Of being featured on uh, movie soundtracks, and and I think it was was it Guardians of the Galaxy? I think that uh, that featured it. Well, you know that was the that was the cover record by okay. a, a group called Blue Swede. Which, okay. Uh, which, uh, yeah, and I didn't appreciate it very much when okay. it happened. But, uh, hey, it, it was a great production, and uh, they did a great job, and the song is is just a great feel-good song, and, hey, God bless them. My buddy Mark wrote it, and, uh, you know, I'm sure he... I'm, I'm sure, sure he, he was he was thankful, and, uh, and, and I was happy for him. <laughs> so so uh, so tell me so through the years so um, what what inspired you to I guess it's just a, maybe just a natural flow of the the genres right the pop the country the gospel is it well, just whatever comes at to you at that time that you're you know you record or. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, you know, a good song is a good song, but uh, when when we started the group I mentioned, uh, known as the Triumphs, by the way, uh, when we started that group, it was right at the inception uh, of a Top 40 radio, the the uh, second and third Top 40 uh, radio stations of all time were in, were in Houston, the first one was in Dallas, and uh, uh, so we just would go by that chart, and of course, Top 40 meant they played every every genre. Uh, there wasn't a different station for each genre like there like there is now, and so we would just uh, take our material and our songs from the top forty chart for our dances and what whatever we were uh, playing for, and uh, so you know I just always had done uh, different genres without ever really uh, even really knowing the meaning of the word genre. Right. I never never really intentioned to uh, do this and do that, and it wasn't a it wasn't a calculated thing. It was mostly a top 40 influence. So oh. That's how that came about. I like it. We are talking with B.J. Thomas, who's coming to the State Theater on Saturday, March 21st, a 7 p.m. show with Golden Oldie Spectacular. Also in the lineup is Jay and the Americans, Lou Christie, Dennis Tafano, and 1910 Fruit Gum Company. Um, so, B.J., I, I mean... We see at these Golden Oldies Spectacular concerts, we see generations come to these shows. You know, we see mm-hmm. we see the grandparents, yeah. the parents, the kids, the grandkids. Uh, do you see yeah. that all over wherever you go, that people are introducing their kids and grandkids to this music? Yeah, that's a great thing, isn't it? I mean, that's, uh, that's kind of how it was when I was growing up. My dad introduced me to Hank Williams and... Uh, you know the 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 great country uh, uh, stars, and and as a kid, I uh, I remember hearing the Jackie Wilson song "To Be Loved" when I guess I was about thirteen or fourteen, and it really opened my mind to uh, you know what music could do in a, in an emotional sense, or there's just a feeling uh, of the song. And so I think that's great that uh, that the 
uh, you know, they bring their kids to the show. My dad took uh, took the whole family to the Grand Ole Opry performance. Uh, I was eight years old uh, in Houston, Texas, way back, and uh, it had a profound effect on me. And I, and I think you know anyone who you know is who is going to end up having that burning desire to do music uh, it, it is it needs to see the the entertainers that come through. And so the parents that take them to see these great entertainers and these great shows are to be commended because, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, uh, musicians, singers, writers, and uh, music people who are just there. They don't know that they love music that much until they see an artist uh, and hear a certain song. It, it inspires them and, and uh, lights that fire that's, that's within you, and I, mean, I think you must have that that burning desire to to do this, to to have this as a career, because uh, it's not as easy, easy as it looks. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I, I agree with you. Like uh, keeping the music alive and, and and teaching the new generations the you know the music of all of, of every kind of you know of every age, um, uh, you Absolutely. know, and 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 getting out there and hearing it live, right? Like hearing the music yeah, I mean, you know, live. I love all the genres. You know, I I like. Uh, I like uh, hip hop music. I like I like uh, some of all all music, symphony music, uh, uh, opera. You know, there, you know, uh, Edith Pilaf, uh, great singers who are in a lot of genres that I can't do or I'm not motivated to do. But uh, they're out there, and uh, so the so the people that take their children to witness these things, that's. Uh, that's that's a great thing. Yeah, kudos to them for sure. Uh, yes, BJ Thomas, Golden Oli Spectacular. See him live Saturday, March 21st, 7 p.m. Remember to note that it's an earlier concert. Uh, again, the lineup is Jay and the Americans, Lou Christie, Dennis Stefano, 1910 Fruit Com- Company, and of course, BJ Thomas. Thank you, BJ, so much for being on All Access, and we look forward to seeing you on March 21st. No, Kelly, thank you so much. I'm uh, really excited about coming up there. I want to thank your listeners for keeping me around all this time, and God bless them, and uh, uh, all my love.